0: Garden Magazine offers down-to-earth advice to make sure you get the tastiest produce from your plot. Packed with hints and tips on growing your own fruit and veg, it's perfect for beginners and experts alike. We have a very special subscription offer for our podcast listeners. Get the printed magazine and free seeds delivered to your door, an interactive digital version for tablets and smartphones, access to a 10-year back issue archive and exclusive content on the KG Subs Club website. And all this could be yours for just £4.99 a month. An absolute bargain. Go to www.classicmagazines.co.uk forward slash KG264 for all the details. Tasks for your vegetable patch in October by Martin Fish. Ten Minute Jobs Whole Weeds Although it's now autumn, some weeds will make a last attempt to grow and produce seed before winter sets in. To prevent them from establishing and seeding, on dry days use a Dutch hoe and chop off any seedlings at soil level while they are small. Buy garlic bulbs. There is still plenty of time to buy bulbs of garlic for autumn planting from local garden centres or specialist growers. Choose varieties that are suitable for growing in our climate and and as soon as they are delivered, unpack them in preparation for planting. Gather up netting. Gather together netting and fleece that has been used to protect plants over the summer, and give it a wash or brush down before folding and storing for use next year. If there are any rips, mend them straight away, because next spring you'll be too busy. Expose rhubarb crowns. As soon as we start to get some cold nights, the large leaves of rhubarb collapse and turn yellow. When this happens, the old growth can be pulled from the plant to expose the crown to the cold weather and the waste added to the compost heap. Question time. This month's expert panel. Emma Rawlings, Deputy Editor, Kitchen Garden Magazine. Andrew Tokeley, Horticultural Director, King Seeds. David Patch, Professional Nurseryman, RV Roger Limited. Anne Swithenbank, Contributor to Radio 4's Gardener's Question Time. Steve Ott, Editor, Kitchen Garden Magazine. Black Fly on Beans. What is the best way to deal with black fly on beans without using chemicals? I've tried growing broad and runner beans for years, and without fail, every year they get infested with blackfly. I try to tackle them using a hose to forcefully remove them, or soapy water, or just by squishing them. It's so time-consuming. I love my home-grown beans, but they're really not worth the amount of time I put in trying to keep them blackfly-free. From Catherine Davis of Hampshire. Andrew says... Black fly lay their eggs on shrubs in the autumn. These hatch out early in the year and move to succulent young plants to feed on throughout the summer, such as broad beans, runner beans and nasturtiums. The easiest method of organic control on broad beans is to remove the tops of the plants on which the pests feed as soon as the first beans have set. Runner beans are more difficult. Often when black fly appear on runner beans, there's also a large population of ladybirds which will feed on the aphids and eventually wipe them out. If, however, you have a big infestation, you may need to resort to spraying with an organic insecticide. It is also important to check winter host plants at the end of the season and again early spring and try to eradicate the problem before they get to your vegetables. Annoying Pest I have a pest, but I'm not sure what they are or what they come from. It looks like someone has spat on my plants and the foam contains a weird green bug. Any ideas? I've killed them now, but they were mostly attacking my ghost peppers and dorset nuggers. From Stuart Williams via email. Emma says, The bug in question is the larva of the frog hopper, a small sap-sucking pest. The larva covers itself in foam for protection from predators such as birds and this gives it its other name of cuckoo spit. It is very common during the summer on all sorts of plants. Any insecticide you might be using to remove aphids etc. would kill it but since they're not usually present in large numbers it is often easier to pick them off or to wash them off with a jet of water. They don't do much damage, just suck the sap as a greenfly would do. Poor soil problem. I reclaimed a flower bed three years ago, in which shrubs and trees had been grown. The soil was heavy clay, and I have incorporated compost each spring and autumn. The flowers that thrive in other parts of the garden are weak and straggly. I've brought seeds and sown many types of seeds, but none thrive. From Jerry John, via email. Anne says... I am assuming it is an open situation, not especially windy, especially with tree cover removed, and not shaded or alongside a thirsty hedge. Trees and shrubs take a lot of nourishment from the ground, but what both flowers and veg need is a good depth, ideally 25 to 30 centimetres or 10 to 12 inches of topsoil over subsoil loosened with a fork in which to thrive. I understand that organic matter has been incorporated, but I wonder to what depth the soil has been dug and loosened with stumps and roots removed. Some pelleted chicken manure might have helped too. Dig or fork the soil again thoroughly and try tough perennial Echinops ritro, that's E-C-H-I-N-O-P-S-R-I-T-R-O, or globe thistle. Leucanthium, ex-superbum, Shasta daisy, Solidago, golden mosa, goldenrod, and michaelmas daisy. Or sow a green manure like winter tares or field beans to open up the soil and improve it with their dug-in tops. A crop of potatoes planted next March or April would help open up the soil ready for flowers. Falling apple tree I have a Laxton superb apple tree which is six years old. This year all the leaves have turned brown and it is throwing up suckers from the ground below. I have two other apple trees in fairly close proximity, a Blenheim orange and a Newton wonder, and I don't know what the cause of this is and wonder whether the other trees might get infected. From Janet Oliver of Bedfordshire. David says, It's always difficult to diagnose problems at a distance, but the first thing to check would be for any physical damage to the tree. Rabbit? or strimmer, damage to the bark, ant or mold disturbance at the roots, etc. If there are no weeping wounds on the tree which would indicate canker, the other possible causes would all be climactic – frost, drought or high winds. Even if you can't determine the exact cause, you need to check whether the tree is still alive or not. Scrape the bark on the upper branches with your fingernail and see if the layer just underneath is bright green. If it is, the tree is still alive, and I would feed with a general-purpose fertiliser, such as blood, fish and bones, and keep the tree well-watered. If the layer under the bark is brown and the stems have turned brittle, then I'm afraid the tree has died. As the rootstock has started to produce suckers, my guess is that the top part of the tree, the laxton superb part, has died back to the graft, and only the rootstock is alive in which case you need to dig up the tree and dispose of it. Keep an eye on neighbouring trees, but they should be fine. Bear in mind that fruit trees suffer from replant disease, so you cannot plant an apple tree in the same place for at least seven years. You could put a different tree, such as a plum or a pear, in the same position, though. Grafted tomatoes I have grown grafted tomatoes for a few years with astounding results. This year I decided to grow them in pots, buckets. The initial progress was great. Good foliage and heavy, well-set trusses. I fertilised a couple of times per week, alternating between BioBiz BioGrow and Overdrive. In the last few weeks, growth has virtually stopped and the growth is weak and brownish with dry-set flowers. Help, please. Could they be root-bound? From Ian Lewin via email. "'Steve says, "'Grafted tomatoes tend to be more vigorous "'than ordinary ones grown on their own roots, "'and as a consequence I find they need more in the way of feeding. "'However, you do appear to be giving plenty of food, "'and I wonder if the fact that the plants are growing "'in relatively small containers, "'maybe big enough for standard toms but maybe not grafted ones, "'that they have indeed become pot-bound "'and that it has become difficult for the plants "'to take up enough nutrients.' If it is possible to pot them up or plant them at this late stage, you could consider that. You could also supplement the feeding with a foliar feed such as a seaweed base feed or with calcium nitrate at the rate of 2 grams per litre. Next year, when growing grafted tomatoes, I'd recommend a bigger container or growing your plants in bottomless containers over growing bags to give more root room, maybe just two per bag. Or, simply, grow them in the soil and use pots for normal tomato plants on their own roots. Watch out for diseased fruit. Diseased fruit lying on the ground can carry over infection, such as brown rot, to the next year, so these should be gathered up and destroyed or consigned to the green bin for professional composting. Hungry pigeons. Cover newly planted spring cabbages with bird netting, otherwise the pigeons will decimate them. Keep it tight so that the smaller birds won't become entangled. Uprooted onion bulbs. Birds are fond of lifting newly planted onions and garlic bulbs. Cover with netting initially or replant any that have been lifted straight away. Cut off any wispy tops.